in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. Austin ISD plans to talk about the state's plan for its special education program today. After months of back and forth, the Texas Education Agency might not take as much control over AISD as originally recommended. Thanks for joining us. I'm Tom Miller. I'm Sally Hernandez. We're following reports of a backlog with the program's evaluation process. The TEA recommended that state officials state step in and take even more control. But AISD appealed to that recommendation. AISD says the TEA has now offered an alternative plan that's less extreme than the original one. This after the district says it tripled its evaluation staff. AISD could not disclose the details of that plan yet, and the TEA had no comment. Advocates, though, hope whichever plan moves forward, that kids get the resources they need quickly. The process of a full independent initial evaluation is that that's really the gateway into special education services for students with disabilities. Without that timely and full evaluation, services don't start. So that's the important part of that evaluation process. Board members have until September 29th to vote on whether they want to accept TEA's plan. Here's how we got here. The advocacy group Disability Rights Texas filed a lawsuit against AISD in 2021. The group alleging about 800 students are waiting or were at the time on delayed initial evaluations. And it says another 1600 were waiting on delayed three-year evaluations. The evaluations are needed to identify students with disabilities and children who need additional support or services. Last December, the group asked the TEA to investigate the district, made a similar request two years ago. And in the past, the district told us the pandemic was challenging because it prefers to do these evaluations in person. The district also lost teachers as well as some of the specialists needed for those evaluations. First warning weather with meteorologist Kristen Curry. Good Thursday morning. We start with a look at your radar. Nice and quiet as we begin the day. Not expecting anything in the way of rain today. So you can leave that raincoat at home. Northwest Austin. This is the view from the Palms Car Wash. And you can see we're nice and quiet. Uh, as far as the skies go, the roads look good too. Up at 183 at that spot. Temperatures just fine too. As far as the numbers go, these 80s are going to likely rival some records this morning. Yesterday, uh, we tied the record warm low out of Camp Maybe. I think we're going to be close to doing it again today as you're seeing a lot more of those 80s than 70s this morning. It's getting hotter here in Central Texas. Yesterday we topped out at 103. I think today's 90s by lunch are going to be on their way to a high of 105. That's for us here in Austin. You see there the feels like temperatures a couple degrees over the actual air temperatures expected today. We've got once again a heat advisory in play. Some changes coming into view here. Rain chances start this weekend. They look better next week. Temperatures expected to come down. Finally, some good news in your forecast. We're going to fill you in on those details coming up here in just a little bit. And boy, do we need a cool down. Many of you probably got an alert last night for a little more than an hour. ERCOT said Texas was at risk for controlled outages. Now, right now, the state's grid operator says there is enough power to meet the demand. Last night, it issued an energy emergency alert two. This is the first time ERCOT has had to issue this kind of alert this summer. The concern tonight was over low power reserves. That was last night. And part of the problem, in addition to the limited power supply, obviously the high demand because of the heat, but that should get better in the days to come. 
Thank you, Kristen. A live look this morning at the state capitol where day three of Ken Paxton's impeachment trial picks up again this morning. State senators will continue hearing from a second witness, Ryan Banger, one of Paxton's senior staffers who reported him to the FBI. Yesterday, Paxton's first assistant turned whistleblower shared his testimony. Jeff Mateer is the star witness for the prosecution and he first reported Paxton to the FBI for complaints of bribery and abuse of office. Mateer said that he witnessed Paxton use the powers of his office to grant legal favors to Nate Paul. Paul, of course, is the Austin real estate investor, the name we've heard often in this trial, and a Paxton campaign donor. Mateer said Paxton's commitment to Paul jeopardized state business and took away from other constituents. The problem is the office is being used for the benefit of, of one person. It's not exercising its own independent judgment. You have the attorney general acting on behalf of one person. And by this time, I knew that he was a campaign donor. I concluded that you know, Mr. Paxton was engaged in, 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 in conduct that was immoral, unethical, and, and I had a good faith belief that, that it was illegal. Paxton's defense attorneys pushing back forcefully on those accusations in a confrontational cross-examination. Is it possible, Mr. Mateer, that you jumped to a lot of conclusions really fast? I don't believe so, sir. And you could have, you could have put all this to bed if you just talked to your boss. I, I attempted to talk to him starting probably in June, July, August, September. No. I did. You, take it easy. I now. did talk to him, sir. Take it easy. Kim Paxton was not present in the chamber for yesterday's proceedings. And remember, we are streaming Paxton's trial from start to finish each day over on KXAN.com. Travis County District Attorney Jose Garza is holding a press conference this morning following the sentencing of the man now found guilty for the murder in the 2021 6th Street mass shooting. The jury returned a guilty verdict late last night for DeAndre White in the shooting death of 25-year-old Douglas Cantor, who was in town to celebrate his graduation from graduate school. Police say White fired his gun into a crowd after a confrontation between another group of people, at least a dozen people injured. The press conference starts at 9.30 this morning, and we will be there. The problem on the rise behind bars, why Texas is locking down prisons across the state. And with COVID cases on the rise, the new booster and the variants it could fight off. Good morning, everyone. This is a live look at the camera we have over for you at the Palms Car Wash. We have Kristen talking about the latest when it comes to your weather and what you could expect on this Thursday. But we know frustration is mounting after a software update shut down driver's license offices across the state. And you know, we learned that the offices will be closed again until at least noon today. They're having major problems here. And this is because of a system update that didn't go as planned. Driver's license offices across the state closed through uh, Friday through Labor Day. This was last week. It was for a system update and they were expected to reopen Tuesday. The outage is impacting all driver license services provided by Texas DPS. It includes renewing or replacing licenses or identification cards, obtaining a driver record and verifying eligibility both online and at offices statewide. On Wednesday, people stopping by this Lamar driver's license office in Austin voiced their frustration over the issues. That's 
why we moved from California because they had such a dysfunctional system over there. <laughs> so now we're in Texas with another dysfunctional system. The department tells us it has been contacting impacted drivers in order to give them priority in rescheduling a new appointment. And this morning, Texas prisons are on lockdown. Texas Department of Criminal Justice says it's working to address a rise in drug use and drug-related inmate deaths. And it means facilities are on lockdown as the agency is searching for drugs. Each facility is going to limit moving inmates around and their contact with people outside prison. Inmates and staff will undergo more searches. All mail is now digital. Canines being brought in to sniff out any narcotics. Once these searches are complete, the lockdowns will be lifted. The long wait just about over. What to expect as the NFL season kicks off? Cities all across Central Texas are under some type of water restrictions. Who is following the rules and who they say are not? This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Well, so much is made about the sheer top-end talent of Texas's opponent this week in Alabama, and rightfully so. We see how they recruit every year. But for the Longhorns, they have some highly touted players as well, particularly one of their receivers and the leader in that room, Xavier Worthy. The now junior has been outstanding in his first two seasons in Burnt Orange, leading Texas in receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns both of his first two years. But he's dealt with some adversity, some struggles a season ago. Notably, having to play through a broken hand. Now in 2023, Worthy seems rejuvenated. The personality of him is really back out. He's smiling so much more. Um, you can almost feel like the, there's a weight lifted off his shoulders and he's enjoying playing the game. And, and he's reaping the benefits of it, but, but we are too. Yeah, we're, we're getting the best version of him right now, which is, which is a really good version. I feel like I'm playing more relaxed. Um, just like, just doing me and like, just having a smile about it, just going about it like, um, I, every the next play could be my last play, so I'm just taking everything, everything to mind and just living my best life. And what a loaded wide receiver room Texas has, of course, with Worthy and then veterans like Jordan Whittington, some transfers coming in, Isaiah Nayor a season ago, Adonai Mitchell this year, and then some outstanding freshmen, including Jontae Cook and DeAndre Moore. But still, it's Worthy leading that room, looking to propel that Texas offense to the next level. For now at DKR Texas Memorial Stadium, Noah Gross, KXAN News. The long wait just about over, going from college ball to the NFL game day in Kansas City. NFL season kicks off tonight. Super Bowl champ Chiefs are going to raise another banner before taking on the Detroit Lions in primetime right here on KXAN and NBC's Jay Gray's in Arrowhead Stadium. Chiefs Kingdom has been, well, beating the drum for the start of this season since the, legend of the last time their team played, which worked out pretty good. And now seven months later, the Super Bowl excitement continues. Everywhere you go, everybody's talking Chiefs. And I came home from my, to my husband. I said, the guy at Home Depot wanted to talk to me about the Chiefs. The city. A wash in Chiefs red. Flags and cheerleaders turning parks and street corners into kickoff eve pep rallies. The visiting Lions are feeling the energy of the first game, too. We know it's prime time. We know um, we're in a, a big-ass stadium with a lot of people, so uh, we're ready to go. Traveling from Motel, looking to bring their own momentum and silence the championship celebration. And I think our, our job and, and what they should really relish in is, man, trying to you know, quiet the crowd, 
You know, that to me is the ultimate. If you can quiet the crowd because you're making plays. The plays, the party, the NFL season kicking off in just hours at Arrowhead Stadium. Jay Gray, NBC News, Kansas City. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> if you're able to quiet that crowd at Arrowhead, you're doing something right. But there's no not many way. teams that have been able to do it. <laughs> no way. It should be a good game, yeah. though. I, I think, you know, obviously here in Texas, we've got Patrick Mahomes, Texas QB right. from Texas Tech. So he's one to root for. But do y'all watch Hard Knocks? I, do show? I don't uh, remember. Okay. Yeah. The the Detroit Lions were. Oh, oh yes, yes, yes. Every That's time they right. do a show, I'm like, <laughs> okay. Me of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me show you what's going on with your forecast here. We're gonna get you to your high school football forecast for tonight. We've got our uh, big KBVO game of the week, and then obviously we're gonna be talking a little bit about what's to be expected with the weather out in Tuscaloosa. Temperatures right now comfortable 82 clear skies a gorgeous morning yes it's humid but uh, as far as the numbers go these mornings are hard to beat right these are the ones that i think hurt a little bit come december and january when you're walking out and it's freezing the summertime afternoon highs definitely we get we get ready to say goodbye we're ready to put this to bed that 105 is going to be topped by tomorrow's temperature of 107 meaning yes the temperatures are trending up. The feels like temperatures will also be something to consider because despite the fact that the thermometer will read about 105 this afternoon in Austin, in the shade, it's going to feel like 107 because of all that humidity. So your heat indices clearly a problem. National Weather Service is looking at the same thing I am. They went ahead and triggered another heat advisory. That kicks in noon. Tom continues until 7 p.m. Covers up most counties here in Central Texas. Now, no rain today, no rain tomorrow couple spotty showers possible this weekend. We're more likely to see more widespread, more meaningful rain coming in Tuesday, Wednesday of next week. That will be this advertised cold front we've been telling you about for the last couple of days here. And what's interesting is our rainfall potential continues to trend upward. So we love to see this right now between now and the middle of next week. We can see anywhere from three quarters of an inch to two inches of rain in the gauges here. Higher totals expected in our northern counties. But hey, that's the best looking graphic I've showed you in probably three months here when it comes to rainfall potential. So we're excited about it. We're just going to have to suffer through the next few days to get it. High of 105 today, 107 tomorrow. That will be the peak of the heat. Still record breaking temperature this weekend with that spotty rain and then the bottom falls out 90s starting Monday lower 90s Tuesday Wednesday with those pretty significant rain chances uh, at 40% some models even going a little wetter than that but we'll see as we get closer also wanted to talk to you about this it's a now official the summer's brutal heat wave is now Earth's hottest summer ever measured. The World Meteorological Organiz Organization, I should say, says the Northern Hemisphere experienced a historic summer, closing out a season of dangerously high temperatures with the warmest August scientists ever recorded. And keep in mind, this is coming after the hottest July we've ever recorded this summer as well. Well, Governor Greg Abbott's office just announced it is handing out another 60,000 units of naloxone. That's also known as Narcan. He's going to hand them out to police departments across Texas in an effort to combat the fentanyl-related deaths we're seeing. And KXN's Nabil Ramana shows us how a local grandmother who lost her granddaughter says the more people know, the more lives we can save. Pictures line the walls. You wake up in the morning 
and they're not here. Memories of better times for Joanne Lopez. And it's just a reminder, fentanyl took her life. Her granddaughter, Victoria Joanne Trevino, just 26 years old when she died. I started with the desire to do something, to do something to bring awareness. I, I, I couldn't just be quiet and sit at home and, and just grief over my granddaughter. According to Travis County, in 2020, fentanyl-related overdoses killed 883 people in Texas. In 2021, that number climbed to 1,672 deaths. Lopez knows a lot of work has to be done, but raising awareness about this growing issue is her top priority. We go around and we do rallies and we bring, bring awareness because I'm, we're trying to save other people's children now. One pill can kill, but maybe one story from someone impacted from this horrible drug can save a life. I had a lovely granddaughter, and she loved her grandma. Nabil Ramadna, KXAN News. Also this morning, the family of a retired pilot who died in the Wings Over Dallas air show crash filing a lawsuit. They want to ensure the safety of pilots flying in civil aviation events. That deadly crash happened last November, and it's when two planes collided in the air show during a Veterans Day celebration. This is that horrific video from the ground. That crash killing six people, including Leonard Root, and it's his family that's filing the lawsuit. The plaintiffs argue the accident was preventable, and now they're looking to ensure more safety measures are in place to keep it from happening again. Going in depth here, the National Institutes of Health says between 1993 and 2013, there were 174 crashes during air shows across the U.S., 91 fatal, resulting in 104 people dying, and 83 of those crashes were non-fatal, resulting in 44 injuries. A Hutto school bus driver may have suffered a heat-related emergency right before crashing into a house Tuesday afternoon. The kids on the bus are okay, and we're told the bus driver is recovering. Firefighters believe the driver had a heat-related medical issue. The district says all of its buses do have air conditioning. But the AC on that bus that you see in the video that crashed was not working at the time. Four students on the bus were not injured. Hutto ISD says it has 10 buses that need AC maintenance, but in the meantime, drivers have been instructed to keep the windows open, put them down, and the district has provided water and cooling neck tablets to bus drivers. School bus carrying 49 kids colliding with a tow truck in Pennsylvania. Check out the video there. Police state police said the driver of the tow truck is believed to have suffered a medical issue while driving, causing them to cross over the road and strike the bus. Both the driver and the school bus driver suffered moderate injuries. And while the kids only sustained minor injuries, all were taken to the hospital just for evaluation. Officials said an investigation is still ongoing. Back in our area, local leaders are scrambling to make sure that programs like the 988 suicide hotline and others don't go away. It's after state funding being used for mental and behavioral health services in Travis County unexpectedly fell short. KXN's Grace Reader has an update on the efforts to help. 
In this boardroom behind me late Wednesday night, the Central Health Board approving funding from their budget that will go towards integral care, Travis County's largest mental health care provider. We're going to walk through the story chronologically because a lot has happened over the past couple of weeks. Integral care announced that they had uh, seen a dip, a shortfall in federal and state funding. What that means for them is that they're going to be roughly $22 million short in their next fiscal year budget. That also means that they had to cut staff positions. They believed they were going to have to cut 115 staff positions, though some of those are vacant. So as a product of that, Central Health stepping up here, their board voting tonight to move $7 million from their emergency reserve to integral care to keep some of the programs that they have operating. Some of those include the 988 crisis call center, so the suicide hotline that was um, renamed the crisis intervention teams, another example. So what they're trying to do here is keep those staff around and keep those programs running in the short term. That is what was approved here tonight. But Mayor Kirk Watson also saying in a newsletter late last night that he would like to see long-term solutions, wants to see these groups come to the table and find solutions so that integral care's funding is more steady. We're going to continue to, to follow this in, in the long-term developments that they come up with as a product of that. Um, but as for here tonight, they believe that they found a short-term solution. Back to you. Thank you for the update, Grace. The FDA plans to approve updated versions of the COVID booster as early as Friday. According to sources familiar with the agency's plans, the latest booster is designed to target the new Omicron subvariant, but experts say it should still provide protection against the current subvariants out there. But some doctors worry agencies are not acting quickly enough to combat the spread of the virus. Once the FDA green lights the new boosters, the CDC will issue their own recommendations, but for the first time, the cost may not be covered by the federal government. A verdict reach in the trial of the man accused of the 2021 mass shooting on 6th Street in Austin, plus what the jury still needs to decide in the case.